Hello, and welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast. <laughs> That's me making noise because I'm actually here with Nathan. Yes. What's up, sir? We're, we are here in the same same building. Yeah. Same location. At the same t- like, for those Yeah, for those who don't know, I'm in Northern California, and Nate is in Southern California, so when we record, we actually record our files separately and like sync it up, and <clears throat> we're, we're doing it remote. So this is the first time ever we've recorded a podcast to be posted yeah (laughs) ever yes so and thankfully so that we don't have to go through a whole lot of editing Editing. which really really bogs us down yeah um but yeah so we're we're here um why are you here uh good question i'm here because i heard you had really good whiskey Uh (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh so you're only here for my liquor yeah i'm only here for your liquor okay um i'm actually here because i i was invited to do a um a talk at um a confirmation retreat here in uh rancho cucamonga california okay and uh or ontario california and so i did a talk on the blessed mother oh nice how'd it go it was good you know um i i i miss the frequency of like activity in, in youth ministry because i'm not as active at least in um, northern california mm-hmm. uh and it's always nice to just like be in front of the youth and just to kind of peel back a little bit like the um the disinterest that they might have just to show them that the faith is beautiful and relevant mm. and not boring or or um uh old but it's like yeah applicable now mm. and so i had a lot of fun doing it um how are the kids how are they Good, you know. Um, they look you weird. <laughs> I mean, everyone looks at me weird. <laughs> it's not a gauge of anything. <laughs> oh, sorry, okay. It's a daily occurrence. <laughs> okay, I guess. Um, but good, good group. Good yeah, group. yeah, it was a good group. It was, um, uh, it was a mix of like people from that parish and then some other kids who maybe I, I don't think they attended that parish specifically, but they had to make up their confirmation retreat oh, or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it was a super engaging group. I definitely, and I'm, maybe it's me, mm-hmm. uh, but um, there were definitely a few kids who were like dozing off. Then again, it was 8.50 in the morning when I started my talk, so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, that, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's pretty early for a talk. Yeah, yeah, it was. At least, well, I mean, for a confirmation group, that's right, pretty right. early. Yeah, well, they did an action song before then. Do you remember? <laughs> I can't imagine myself doing it now. Like that's I can't. That's too much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny because all right. So for those who who don't know, um, what an action song is, it's basically a mm-hmm. song with actions. With actions. <laughs> a song with actions, uh, and it's it's mainly an icebreaker that we use uh, in youth ministry, and um, and I was always the one who was doing too much. Yes. And Nate was always the one who was not doing anything. Exactly. <laughs> I, I shy away from action songs. It's got too much action for me. Yeah, he, Nate, Nate's not an action I'm like, song I'm like, dancer. Oh, I was like, oh, let me find something to uh, sweep in the back or something. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me fidget with papers yeah. to make it look like I'm busy. <laughs> but it's so funny because like, like, I wonder what they're thinking to see this like, like, 33 year old man mm. like Just doing fl- fl- flailing about it. yeah flailing my arms during an action song yeah. right but you know i think it's 
and I know Nate, like if needed, you would do it too. But like, yeah. Uh, the, I would not say I wouldn't do it. I would do it. You hate it, but <laughs> it was it was probably my least favorite thing to do when yeah. it came to <laughs> youth groups and stuff like that. Yeah, but I'd still do it. Sure. Yes, and I uh, I think the best explanation that I've ever heard and I used after I heard it uh-huh. was um, and anyone can use this for practically anything as long as the intention is right. But basically. Action songs aren't necessary to go to heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, you can never yeah, do an action yeah. song in your life, and, you, and, and, and you'll, you'll make it. Yeah. You'll make it. You'll make it. You're but right. what is necessary to go to heaven is humility. Yeah. And to just be able to to maybe take yourself down, for, like, get rid of that high opinion of yourself and just mm-hmm. be willing to kind of do something silly for the sake of engaging the youth uh-huh. um they respond well to that and it's a good good sort of check to yourself that hey you're not so important that you yeah you can't do things yeah. like this for our lord yeah yeah and it's only like a few minutes no. it's really not that long yeah unless you're doing it with people who are like i mean after there's one retreat where like they wanted to do one and then another one and then we did like three or four action songs in a row i was so tired <laughs> 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 then it's not a couple minutes. It's, it takes like 15, 20 minutes for an action song set. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so since we're here today, uh-huh. I get to see that Nate is wearing a this, this green shirt. Obnox- obnoxiously green shirt. I'm just kidding. It's, you, not, it's not obnoxious. I really like it. It's a little much. <laughs> Can you explain what your shirt says and uh, why you're wearing it? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, today is St. Patrick's Day. Um, as he so rubs his as shirt. As I rub my shirt. Oh, God. Um, Make it stop. Uh, and, um, yeah, so today's St. Patrick's Day, so, um, uh, was, I, like, went to Mass, and I had, like, some purple on, and then after Mass, you had to, like, do some shopping and stuff, and so, I, like, I changed it and threw on a green shirt, um, <laughs> you know, for, uh, to, to honor St. Patrick's. Um, and that's kind of what we got going on today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Patty's Irish pub is what his shirt says for mm-hmm. those who are interested. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> you know one thing? But yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, we're not like, we're not going out to any pubs or anything like that today though. No. I don't think. Yeah. Wife is pregnant, so she kind of can't drink. No. Um, try to avoid that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think we're probably just gonna uh, hang out here or something like that. Um, but yeah, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, you know what? Something I always appreciate about Nate uh, for our listeners is um, he coordinates the colors of what he wears mm-hmm. to the liturgical celebration uh, of yeah. that Sunday. Okay, so I I tried, but then when I started. Um, I started courting um, my wife, my not wife. Um, she was on it more than I was because sometimes it would be um, like Divine Mercy Sunday or something like mm-hmm. that. And I remember one year I didn't wear red, and she was like, "Why aren't you wearing red?" <laughs> and I was there with her family; they were all wearing red, and I felt stupid because I'm pretty sure I was wearing like a blue. What which a is even loser! Worse. And she was like, "Why aren't you wearing red?" I was like, I, "I don't know." She's like, "You know, it's red today, right?" And yeah. The priest was like everything was like all red. And I was like, Oop. like oops. Um, and so I think after that, like we bought like a couple of red shirts and stuff. Uh, so she definitely helped me to like be more on top of it. But I think I still did pretty good. Yeah, that. But yeah. So I definitely don't try that. Oh, 
I mean, I so like for example, I won't wear like what I'll what I'll do for is like I won't wear maybe like um, super like loud, maybe like florally shirts during Lent. I won't do that. Right? Oh, okay. But I won't like. I won't wear pink to Gaudete Sunday or Leitare Sunday. Oh, okay. Or, I, sorry, rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think that um, that's too much effort for me to think about. <laughs> and I like to just go into the closet and pick something. Oh, just pick something out? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, like, I don't know. I kind of like doing it for those, like, special one day out of the year. Sure, kinds, yeah. Like, can you give me things. an example besides Divine Mercy Sunday? Like, Gaudete Sunday. <laughs> the one that you just mentioned, yeah, yeah, yeah. that one. Uh, That's an interesting one, though. So Gaudete, Gaudete is which one is that? Is that for Lent or for Christmas? That's a uh, Christmas. Okay, Gaudete Advent. is Advent, and right. so Letare is during Lent. Are we sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. So maybe <laughs> maybe you should explain maybe you should explain what those are real quick. Um. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, I could kind of, I kind of know, at least for for Advent when it's got to taste Sunday. Uh, that's the third week of Advent, and you have um, like the like the the candles. If you're going to use the candles, right? You have the four um, candles that are lit for each Sunday of Advent, and mm-hmm. a little more purple, except for this third one that is a rose or pink. Um, color and that one represents joy right um and so on that on that day you will see like not just this this particular candle that's lit but um the vestments that the priests will wear are different the altar cloths and linens are swapped out to reflect the color mm-hmm. um, and they actually they put flowers back onto the altar don't they I don't know if I've noticed that because I've yeah, kind of just assumed they were the, they were always there. Yeah. Or just when I see it, I'm just like, oh, there's flowers there all the time. Um, but yeah, if they do, that'd be cool. I'd, yeah. I wonder if it's is it like that during Lent then for yes, the other one? I think so for oh. uh, for Leitare. So uh, I think <clears throat> the reason it interests me though is because the wisdom it's it's really the wisdom of Mother Church, right? Uh-huh. Because like both Advent and Lent are mm-hmm. meant to be super penitential times, right? Although I think I don't think uh, Advent gets that treatment very often. Right, right. It's it's meant to be a time of recollection and sort of pr- like in Advent, like a, a silent recollection of yourself mm. and like preparation for our Lord. Mm. I was reading this thing um, that like in the like tradition, like little T tradition, mm-hmm. um, like they would during Advent people would give up things mm. kind of like in the same way that people mm-hmm, do for mm-hmm. Lent now. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think, think I that. did that maybe once because it was kind of in preparation to receive Jesus mm-hmm. for, for his arrival. Yeah, in yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like if you're taking the same spirit though, right? Like regardless of whether or not you're giving something up in Advent, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. We should try that next time. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, for both of them, in, in, the, in the church's wisdom... What they're doing is they're saying, hey, you're almost there. Mm-hmm. Here is a moment of joy. Pink represents joy. Yeah. And leitare, I think, means uh, it's from the, um, I think, 
some introit or basically the intro in, introductory verse of mass mm-hmm. and it basically is letare jerusalem which is rejoice jerusalem mm. and then gaudete mm-hmm. i think also translate to joy joy. Yeah. joy so like both these times in lent are sort of a break from the the somber mood mm-hmm. And penitential mood to uh-huh. say, "Hey, you're almost there. Yeah, yeah, here's yeah. like a here's a little encouragement. Right, go right, ahead. Right. Um, I I learned this thing today during mass um, that I thought was really cool. That I never noticed um, for the Sundays for the first Sunday and second Sunday of Lent. Mm-hmm. The readings are the same every year because we yes. we go through cycles like A B C for the readings. Mm. Um, and right now we're in cycle C, mm-hmm. right? And so the next year we'll have a completely different set of readings for cycle A. Yeah. But the readings for um, the first Sunday of Lent and the second Sunday of Lent are always the same. They're never mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting. And that was something that Father was um, uh, was saying during uh, his homily uh, because it, it, it like sets the tone right. for, for Lent every sunday and then um the, the that like that's kind of like the point of the first and second reading or the the first sunday and second sunday readings being the same mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. like kind of sets a tone yeah and because like they're so very important yeah that they keep it that way yeah yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because i completely uh i forget sometimes that like the the readings are rotated uh-huh. because i'm so used to like we mentioned in the past like like i go to latin mass primarily mm, yeah, or yeah. as often as as i can right mm-hmm. and so in the latin mass the sort of comparison is there is no rotation yeah, there's no rotation it's there's just no year one, a yeah. year b yeah. cycle one two or three that's or that he said that like before vatican two there was only just one, one. yeah yeah which is interesting because so for the fun fact Mm-hmm. For those who attend Novus Ordo, mm-hmm. if you go to Mass for three years, every day, right, you'll have gone over a majority of Scripture, mm-hmm. because they cycle through the the intent of this the different cycles for Sundays and for daily Masses. Or no, is it also daily? I don't know. So, anyways, there's different cycles for the different readings, mm-hmm. and uh, the reason for the 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 cycling is so that you can read a different Scripture and cover more of Scripture. Right. So, like, I yeah. think, I don't know exactly how much percentage, but, like, it's a pretty good percent of Scripture. Yeah, it's good. It's a good portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you were to go to Mass, like, every day for three years, you could be like, okay, everything. I went, I went through most of the Bible. Yo, someone out there, this is a challenge for you. Go out there, go to Mass every day, every day every for day. three years, come back in three years, email Nate and I, and I will make, I, Jerome, will make you a rosary. That also means it's not going to be very pretty. Gonna say, <laughs> it's not going to be a great rosary, guys. But I'll make it. It's going to instantly fall apart. <laughs> instantly. But it'll be worth the three years, I yeah. guarantee you. You're going to send it back, and then it's going to be like, <laughs> can you have Nathan make this one? And you'll, But, I mean, hopefully after three years, you'll be holier, more patient. Oh, oh yeah. So you'll just be like, yeah, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, I want to I do this and see if this works. Oh, it didn't pop as... No, that was an annoying pop. Uh, so actually, yeah. since you did that, we're, uh-huh. I'm actually having with Nate, for those who uh, heard that pop, which is everyone. That was not even a pop. That was like a squeak. It was a... Eek. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm having some monkey shoulder with him. As you recall, it was the first... Yeah, real, real, real monkey. 
Yeah, it was the first um, whiskey ever made from real monkey shoulders. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. No. We are not sponsored by Monkey Shoulder. No, and we we are not. <laughs> not at all. Uh, it was That'd mentioned in our dream. first episode. <laughs> That'd be the dream. I'd rather yeah. be sponsored by, um, like, Basil Hayden or, or Hakushu 12. Ooh. Anyways. Um, I don't have any. I don't have either one of those. <laughs> Actually, next no. time I come down, I'll get you a bottle. Ooh. Remember that, because that's recorded, and that's forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's recorded. He's gonna... I'm going to get you on every single retreat now that we have, that we have to do. He's going to play just that clip. Yeah. Like, remember that? That's like, that's that's binding. Well, like, so Basil Hayden, so I don't know about you, Nate, but like when I'm talking, when I'm like, when I'm shopping whiskey, right, mm. there's the just need to get whiskey uh, for um, old fashions. So yeah. my price mark for that whiskey is like anywhere from 10 bucks to like 25 bucks for a bottle. Okay. Now it better be a big bottle. I'm not talking about a small bottle. Oh. Uh, if I want to treat myself, it's like 25 to like 50. Okay. Right. And that's where Basil Hayden is. Oh, okay. But like if I really, really, really want to treat myself, aka maybe my wife wants to buy me a gift, hint, hint, wink, wink. Yep. Uh, it's going to be like the fifty to like a hundred fifty. It's funny you mention that because um, I oh, man, dang it, I just pigeonholed myself right now um, <laughs> because my birthday is coming up, and um, my wife was like, "What do you want for your like? What do you want for your birthday?" Yeah, and I was thinking about it. And I was like, oh, you know, "I'd like like a really like like a bottle of whiskey, like something nice." Um, and then I thought, like, I want one that like. I'm just gonna keep, and only like have for like special occasions. Uh, you say that I know, right? I say that, <laughs> but I, I was thinking about it, so like I I have, I'm going through lists right yeah. now to try to figure out uh, what is it what is it that I that yeah I want. I don't know. We'll so for those who are interested, um, and those who want to try it out, I highly recommend. I had mentioned it before in a previous podcast. It's a Hakushu Twelve Year. This is normally it's normally 129 bucks. Good lord! But uh, because there there's more quantity available, over a, a year or two ago they were like high in demand because uh-huh. I think around that time they were rated like number one. Oh okay. Um, and it's produced in like smaller amounts, and like right now it's like 80 bucks. Uh, yeah, okay. It's well, bucks. Uh, so that's we don't, like we don't we don't monetize off this podcast. No. Also, so <laughs> this but that's is not something that we're using to uh, uh, buy whiskey or alcohol or anything. No, like that. no, no, no. But I mean, that's probably the most that I'll spend. Yeah. Unless some generous listener wants to. We send just us. lost like five subscribers because of <laughs> because of what you just said. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's like, I hate no, it when I do that. Nope. No, um, <laughs> um, you know we didn't we didn't um we didn't talk about St. Patrick's. Saint yeah. Patrick. Yeah, yeah. St. Patrick. St. Patrick, not Patrick's. Yeah. There's not multiple. Or St. Patty. St. Patty. <laughs> like my shirt says. Um, it's cool. St. Patrick. St. Patrick is a cool saint. Yes. Why is he cool? Well, it's not because he got <laughs> drunk all the time or, no, or drank didn't. green beer. I don't, I, I don't know where that comes from. I think green just because Ireland, right? Like, But there's a lot of things that are green. That's also true. <laughs> I don't think Maybe lepre- is it's just... because leprechauns are green and they're like... Real? 
I mean, have you seen the movie? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're real? Okay. Um, uh, 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 St. Patrick, what do we know about him? Um, I know that... I know that his first name is Pat and his last name is Rick. (laughs) Definitely not true. (laughs) Um... I only know, like, this is what I've kind of just heard and read a little bit that, which I, I don't even know if any of this is true, but the whole thing about the, about clovers, and, like, he used the example yes. of a clover. Mm-hmm. A three-leaf clover. A three-leaf clover, yeah, to explain the trinity yeah. to the people in Ireland, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that he drove out snakes, don't know if that's true. I feel that's, like that's, that's not true. That's true. Is it true. Come on, man. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. There, we just lost our only Irish. I, I know, right? Yes, I, it's I don't, true. I don't know if that's true. I, maybe. Okay, so let's let's delineate here. There are some things just that may like may sound more like tall tales. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But like, I also you also kind of want to leave space for like belief in miracles right sure and maybe the snakes were symbolic of like evil spirits yeah that like that's what i heard like it was um, <laughs> it was like this infestation of snakes and it like represented evil or the devil yeah um, yeah and so the and driving drove them out. all out yeah um but, funny oh wait okay wait. uh what did saint patrick say to the snakes while driving them out of ireland uh, just say what? Come on. What? <laughs> you guys doing okay back there? Because he's driving them out of my. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I win. Is this thing working? I want to make sure it's not working right now. I wanna make... Dang it! Okay, it's still recording. Oh man. All right. Anyways, you were saying <laughs> that, made me, that made me so angry. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I can't wait to use it at work tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna use it at work. So wait, all right. So a little bit more background on, on Saint Patrick. Saint okay. Patrick actually wasn't Irish. He was from the island of Brittany, and he was kidnapped as a teenager and taken as a prisoner. Okay. To Ireland, mm. where he was a slave for mm. a long time until he managed to escape. While being in Ireland, though, mm-hmm. he had received a vision, I believe, of our Lord. Okay. And uh, which led to his conversion. Hmm. Uh, Upon his arrival back home, he, um, uh, I think, ended up, like, studying to be a priest or something. And after after his ordination, he he had a vision of the uh, people of Ireland telling him to come back. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Is that... Um, That part, I don't don't know. I, I, I only know, like... A few things. Um, I mean, pretty much like yeah, what he said, or what, like what you just said. Um, <clears throat> okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I just pulled it up right now, and it says that he's often mistaken mistaken as the one who drove away snakes during his ministry, despite climate and location of Ireland, which never allowed snakes to inhabit the area. Well, they, maybe at the time they did, Nathan. Uh-huh. Again, is like that why a, there's no stakes now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he drove them all out. Because maybe through some miracle he changed the weather in uh-huh. such a way that it became uninhabitable uh-huh. to snakes. Okay, I'm maybe. just saying. I'm gonna, you know, um, 
I, I, I brought her up before, but um, my friend Lila, she, she's, if she hears this again, she's gonna she, she might but, as well but, be no, on but, the but podcast. She was, she was telling me Lila, we're going to record with you one time. She, she, she was telling me that she went to Ireland, so I'm going to ask her, but I care if there's sir. Well, not ni- again, not anymore. No, okay, never mind. Forget <laughs> it then. Forget it then. Um, um, but, yeah, like, that, um, they, uh, he was kind of known for uh, um, being remembered as, like, somebody who carried out the faith and um at the time was a very like inhospitable climate yeah um you know not not just uh you know it like weather and all that stuff but um you know people and the like other kinds of uh, belief systems that were there you know he's kind of pagans basically yeah you know he's kind of you know brought up as somebody who you know went you know into a challenge and you know taking christ um mm-hmm. you know and and helping to evangelize yeah. and to convert a lot of people out there yeah so he recounts that he um he baptized thousands of people in I- ireland mm-hmm. um uh and he was the first bishop of ireland now um uh, like nate was saying there were a lot of pagans there and it was there were pagan religions um, there are some accounts of various miracles he performed in, in attempts to mm-hmm. sort of uh, to bring the faith to Ireland. One of yeah. those was uh, he was challenged to stand in a fire mm-hmm. uh, by this pagan priest and uh, to to prove that uh, uh, the one true God, God that we as Christians believe in, was... Uh, god and their gods were false gods he took on the challenge and came out of the fire unscathed mm. i see nate's face now <laughs> and nate is like but like nate you have you have to you have to have you have to leave some space right to believe in these sort of miracles like the miracles of the early christians of no, yeah, being yeah. beheaded right yeah and so mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's okay. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's not. Okay. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just I'm still hung look... up on the snake thing. <laughs> and because I I think I watched this like on an episode of The Simpsons a long time ago. Oh gosh, The Simpsons are not an accurate depiction of they're, Catholicism. They've, they've it, predicted a lot of things. Okay. That doesn't mean they they're an act like okay. okay. So for example, they have this episode where um, someone goes to heaven. I forget who. Remember, those are those are Catholic and Protestant. No, exactly. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> so, like, there, there, there. Someone goes to heaven, and it was the Protestant heaven. Yeah. And it was Maggie, I think, and uh-huh. no, 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 Marge. Marge yeah, was like, yeah. "Where's Jesus?" And then someone in Protestant heaven goes like, "Oh, he's over in Catholic heaven." Yeah. <laughs> and, and like he's, he's like, over there hitting you, a pinata. And he, and he goes like a chapelite or something like that. <laughs> I guess super like ethnically a- charged. Accurate. <laughs> That's like not accurate. There is accurate. no Protestant heaven. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's heaven. Yeah, um, but uh, just like this other thing, St. Patrick too, um, like where we get the green from. Um, if you you could kind of take it in a couple ways, like one the the clover, right, or also like the vestments, because one of the colors that um, bishops, priests, deacons like that they wear is green as a vestment color so that's why you get like that as like a really prominent thing for um saint patrick's day as being like a holiday where we see a lot of green it has a lot to do with those kinds of things are you sure it's not just because ireland's a very lush green country so are a lot of other countries yeah but 
They, I mean, sure, they call they dibs, it. maybe. Do you know they, what I mean? They call dibs on green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Ireland owns green. Full disclaimer, neither Nate or myself are Irish. And no. we we apologize to any of our Irish, Irish brothers and sisters who are listening that we yeah. don't mean to offend you. But if it is because of green, then great. Then we're, then we're ill-informed. Um, but, but that's why I thought it was with... Um, like. Uh, Santa Claus because of St. Nicholas mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of the red vestments. Mm. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. We'll let that we'll let that one. We'll see. Okay. Um okay, can we just move on just a little bit from St. Patrick because it, I just remembered right now. By the way, we're when we before we started recording, we're like what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and I was like, let's just record. <laughs> I know, so like and and we normally like don't like we try to have like some sort of game plan but there's no game plan not today <laughs> um we kind of just like jumped into it and you actually have a flight yeah in, in like, like i have to leave in like 45 minutes yeah so we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to get this get this out okay so let me just switch topics and you're okay. gonna love this topic sure. because aside from saint patrick today in two days we celebrate our dude yeah your dude specifically because you share a lot in common with him um so saint patrick (laughs) what did you just say saint joseph i mean wow can we edit that wow can we edit that no sorry saint joseph the feast uh is it is it a specific feast of Saint Joseph? Is it Saint Joseph the Worker? No, that one's later. So it's just the feast this of Saint Joseph. This is just the feast of Saint Joseph. Husband or of Mary. The solemnity. Okay. Of Saint Joseph. The solemnity of Saint Joseph. Cool. And that's happening this Tuesday. Yeah. And this I, Tuesday. I have to tell you, dude. Saint Joseph is. I mean, he like we're practically best friends. Practically best friends. Yeah. Like he will have a glass of whiskey with me. Uh huh. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> later on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Feast of St. Joseph is happening. Um, one of the few solemnities that happen in the middle of Lent. Yes. So it's another, it's another sort of break the church gives us as far as a reason to celebrate something more joyful. It's a solemnity, so it's a high feast. Yeah. Um, I think a lot about St. Joseph. Yeah. Like, I mean, think about it. How, how much... Like, imagine yourself, mm-hmm. like, right, uh, as a husband and father, you can't... I... You're going to have to edit this part. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how to use technology. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so let's talk about St. Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, think about just his life, right? He is betrothed to this woman. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, take take out the context of like biblically, biblically and like faith and everything, right? Yeah. Look at it from the outside looking in. He's he's betrothed, essentially engaged in in modern terms, right? That's the closest thing we can relate it to, to this woman. She ends up pregnant. Y'all have been good, mm-hmm. right? She has the baby, and now someone's trying to kill your child. Yeah. You have to run away. Right? So, yeah. Oh, even before that. Right. Your your wife has to give birth. Yeah. You can't find a place for her to stay. Yeah. You have to run away from someone trying to kill your son. And all kids in that area. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and 
then you lose him. <laughs> yeah, you lose him for a few days. Right, like... By all accounts, biblically speaking, if you just take it for face value according to maybe the standards of this world, St. Joseph was not doing so hot as yeah. a father <laughs> yeah. and husband. Not entirely. His, it's not, I mean, not his fault. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And I am simplifying a lot of it. Yeah. But I think what I'm trying to speak to here is like, it takes a special humility mm-hmm. to sort of be placed in these, in these, in his role yeah. and to knowingly undergo he understood like the things that were going to had to be done like these are things that had to be fulfilled they're things that god was sort of doing Mm -hmm. within his family so he had to just humbly move along with it Mm -hmm. right and rather than be discouraged and be like man i suck as a father i suck as a husband he remained faithful and Mm -hmm. true and strong and dedicated to his family yeah and that's the lesson behind saint joseph i think that's super important yeah and even though like we don't hear any words from him in scripture mm-hmm. or anything like that yep. um he's still like probably the most prominent figure um in the new testament um you know right next to the to the blessed mother mm-hmm. yeah. um and you know, jesus because, and, and jesus because like you you learn like through even with the with the lack of words like a, a lot to say about humility you know, a mm-hmm. lot to say about, you know, the, the beauty of silence, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and having just complete and entire trust in in God. Yeah. You know, even like when it seems like a bunch of things are going wrong, because it, when you do look at the story, it looks like, oh my gosh, like everything that could go wrong is literally going wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet he like, he never gives up. And sometimes even for us, like if it's like, like oh my gosh, everything's like going wrong. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you get, all you can do is just sit there and just be like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's fine. Like things are going to be okay. Just rem- like following in his footsteps and just remaining faithful. Yeah. Because sometimes in the end, like that's kind of all that, you can do yeah. is just to be faithful and sometimes that's really all that god wants right like if everything is going wrong then all you can really do is just be faithful and if you do that then you're doing it right right so I, in the talk that i gave today uh about the blessed mother i sort of pointed out that like hey you know god had the opportunity to design and create the woman who is to be his mother like it was mm. the first time in, in in the history of time it's the right. only time in the history yeah. of time where the the child wills the mother uh-huh. and the mother wills the child uh-huh. and that's a beautiful thought yeah. but if you like continuing that thought like he also god in his desire to be part of a family right he chooses saint joseph mm-hmm. right yeah. and he creates saint joseph mm-hmm. he like god the father being the creator has a hand in the the, the creation of right. of the foster father right. of our lord yeah so if there's anything that shows God's favor mm-hmm. with with Joseph it's the mere fact that our lord was entrusted to him and was subject to him mm-hmm. in his earlier years yeah right and so i think great. it's one of those where if it's if he's good enough for jesus then he's he's more than good enough for that us. is a great way you to know? say it that is a great way to say it and, and i don't think that maybe we give him uh, like enough credit or mm-hmm. like kind of turn to him for enough intercession yeah yeah you know but for you know for the blessed mother and for jesus to like have their trust and faith in him yeah i think that says a lot where we could probably do the same thing yeah you know yeah i hope one day they do like a like where they dedicate a year to saint joseph fun story uh yeah i also hope that too yeah 
But like I one year, it was the year before Anna and I got married. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I dedicated a whole year to him. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of like the start of like the deepening of my devotion to St. Joseph in dedicating that year because I, I knew like getting married with Anna, I wanted to be a good husband. I also knew that I, at the job that I was at, I wouldn't be like the best provider. Mm-hmm. And so I dedicated the whole year sort of like with the intention of like, I want to be a good husband, good provider. End of that year, mm-hmm. like January, like I yeah. started January 1st, 2013. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 2012. And then 2013... Uh, sorry, 2013, I start that devotion. In 2014, I, I get that job offer. So St. Joseph comes in clutch. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so even if the church, you know, and I'm sure it, it has in the past maybe or will one day dedicate a year to St. Joseph, it doesn't stop you from, from doing it. Yeah. Yeah, he's my dude. Um, I was talking to my spiritual director the other day. Uh, we really do need to do an episode yeah, about spiritual yeah. directors. Somebody asked about that. I, and I told my spiritual director... That you would that, talk about and, it? And, then, and that we talk about him, and he laughed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, uh, so he was, telling, he was telling me about how Carmelites um, uh, ask St. Joseph for things. Have you heard about this? Have you, do you know what they do? And when they don't get things, it's really funny. I don't. No, 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 I don't. And maybe it's not just Carmelites, but I know that he attributed it to Carmelites. But okay. um, I've heard this practice before where if you have something that you want... Because St. Joseph, because he's uh, um, the uh, he's also considered like the person you go to like f- for um, anything that you need materially because of uh, him being the the uh, father and husband of the Holy Family. He's mm-hmm. the provider uh-huh. and protector of the Holy Family, which is also why, by the way, he's um, guardian of the church. Mm-hmm. He's uh, That's one of the titles he has. Mm-hmm. But so you go to him when you need something. Okay. And so uh, what some order, <laughs> some, some uh, the Carmelites do at least, or some orders, is if they don't get what they want, they'll tur- the turn the St. Joseph statue uh-huh. and to have it face the wall. <laughs> To be like Saint Joseph, like we wanted this, you didn't give it to us. That seems mean. That doesn't seem right. I don't like that. But anyway, so like he was leading up to this idea though. But that Uh when they're asking for something from Saint Joseph, uh, what they do is they 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 write up that petition and they put it under his statue. Oh, okay. I think I've seen something like that before. Yeah, yeah. And so there's the story of a nun who she was uh, told by her mother superior, "Hey, we need a cart and a horse." Go okay. draw a picture of that cart and a horse and put it under the statue of St. Joseph okay. because we need help uh-huh. to, like, carry the groceries. Yeah. And then after they finish a novena to St. Joseph, there's a knock at their door. Mm-hmm. And there's a man who comes and he's like, uh, sisters, uh, I can't work anymore, but I have this cart that I'm not using. It's it's doing pretty good. It's a little banged up. And I have this donkey or a horse that I have. And the horse is old, but he's a hard worker, and but he has... He has a limp. Okay. He doesn't walk very well. Oh, okay. But he's all yours. Yeah. And so the mother superior goes to that sister and was like, can you bring me that picture you drew of, of wow. what we're asking for? Uh-huh. And sure enough, when the picture comes to the mother superior, it's a picture of a horse and like one of the legs are shorter than the other three. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, I mean, <laughs> just be careful what you ask yeah, for from St. Joseph because be he'll give you exactly, exactly what you're asking exactly for. Exactly what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, my spiritual director was sort of using that as, like, hey, like, you have these intentions, uh-huh. 
entrust them to St. Joseph, and it's not a bad idea to put those intentions under his statue. Oh, so okay. we're doing that. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Do you have a statue? Of I, have, I, have a, I have a sleeping one. Yes. I have that. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that in, in the Yeah, like I think episode, episode one. Maybe. Yeah. I'm going to put like a Ferrari, yeah. a picture of a Ferrari underneath it. Mm. And see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. getting, getting a lip donkey instead. <laughs> um, do you do you want to um, answer some of the questions that we haven't gotten around to yet? Yeah, yeah, sure. There's a couple that. How much we, time? Yeah, uh, ten. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's five minutes. I, there's two questions okay. I, I, I remember. Yeah. Uh, maybe five minutes each. Okay. So the first one was around. Ooh, this is a this is a charged one. Are you ready for this one? Sure. Um. Can you talk to the differences of courtship and dating? Five minutes. Go. God. <laughs> um, dating. Oh, man. That's, By the that's way, we're married loaded. now. That's so loaded now. <laughs> so, like, um, you know, actually, I would get that, too. I felt like dating kind of was, was something where you were in... Like, dating, like, you could kind of be in, like, not, like, multiple relationships, not not like that, but, like, you could kind of, like, go out with, like, a bunch of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where courting was, there was a single person that you were mm. discerning mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. right? So, um, that's kind of, like, the best way that I could describe yeah. it really quickly. I guess what I would add to that is... <clears throat> I think what this person really is asking is, because some people could just say they're courting but still actually be dating, right? Like, or right. like, or, do you know what I mean? Or some people could just be like, courting is just another word for dating. Oh, for dating, yeah, which right? I, I totally understand. Yeah, so I, I think the difference here, though, is, and this person is probably alluding to it in their, in their question, is there's a difference in the idea of of seeing someone and dating them for the sake of just dating them because they think they're cute and oh, want to okay. spend more time with them uh-huh. versus uh, the fact that the idea or the premise behind courtship is that it leads to, to marriage. Right, right, right. right? There, is a, there is a discernment process in courtship where if you together with that person discern, hey, this is not going to lead to marriage. Mm-hmm you stop, mm-hmm. right? Whereas, like, mm-hmm. dating can go on for three weeks, for three years, indefinitely. There could be no finish line. Right, right, right. right. Where in the idea of courtship, and the I think really in the idea of any relationship you build, courting or dating, you should have in mind what that, like, what the end goal of that relationship mm-hmm. is. Is it mm-hmm. marriage? Does it align with the values that you have? And those are just conversations that you should have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I know, like, for when my wife and I were dating or mm-hmm. recording, right, um, like, we, we kind of, like, had that conversation, like, hey, what is this? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, after, you know, we, we we talked about it and we are like, well, I mean, I'm not dating anybody else, you know? <laughs> like, I'm not, uh, you know, going on any other, you know, movie dates or anything with any, with any other girls, so... You know, let let's call it what it is. You know, and you know, she she felt the same way. Yeah. And we 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 felt like, yeah, you know, like if it, we were both 
looking for something that was long term and yeah. that does have like a, a goal or an end or something in mind and we talked about what that would be and what that would look like did you guys explicitly say the end goal of a relationship yeah I yeah be yeah, in yeah. Like, like we were talking about it and we we're like well i mean if we're gonna keep doing this then yeah like then we sh- you know th- this should all be leading up to to getting married even though if maybe we weren't like ready at that time to get married you know mm-hmm. because it doesn't mean that like okay yeah we have to get married like right now mm-hmm. no how long did you guys date for before getting married like five years wow we were together for five years yeah. really you were together no you weren't yeah no you weren't yes we were. there's no way you were yes there was no yeah really yes so <laughs> did i hide this relationship from you I don't no know, no maybe. no i was there when you met her i know so we're gonna share that story one time now's not the time (laughs) maybe so nate and i were playing with the idea of maybe having both our wives record at the same time as us and then maybe we'll share that story then yeah no (laughs) because there's two different stories mine and hers that's good fight about this all the time we're gonna we're gonna get through it we're gonna get (laughs) anyways um so kind of like on that note like um, like I, I also think that that courting has that hard stop, right? Courting, like if you don't if you don't see that as an end goal, and you you you're not there, and there isn't some sort of idea that marriage is the the um, consummation of this relationship. Um, not consummation. That's a bad. Yeah, that's uh... it's the it's the uh, desire of this relationship. Then. Um, then then, yeah, then, uh, yeah. I mean, and I wouldn't call it courting. Then maybe that's dating. I think like maybe they're trying to figure out like what is the difference. Oh yeah. Because I and I think one of the problems too, like, because you don't hear the word courting very often sure. now. Yeah. So like what like what that yeah. means is kind of lost. Sure, sure. Now there's some great you know? articles out there, and I'll try to find one and post it as a note to this. As far mm-hmm. as the differences in dating and courting, like there's some there, uh, according to some people. Um, there's there's this great book actually, it's called uh, Pure Courtship, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called, mm-hmm. or something courtship. I'm gonna find the book, but it basically talks about these ideals of courtship, in that um, you know it should be it should have the clearest of intentions in mind. Um, you should take all precautions for purity, mm-hmm. which is definitely not a a a, a consideration and just yeah, 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 it's uh, the idea uh, in courtship is that it's not casual, mm-hmm. it's intentional. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, and there is a there is a level of discernment in courtship. Right, and I think that's probably the key point there, because I've heard even from some that like courtship is like essentially being engaged, and I'm like, I don't know if if I if I agree with that, but I mm. get it. I, I, mm. I, you know, it's like, a little I, different, I, though. It, it can be. And then I also know, like, some people who, like, use, like, dating as, like, they're only seeing, like, one person exclusively. Sure. So, and I and, think that's, that, yeah. I think that's the common understanding Yeah, I think dating. that's what the common understanding is. So, I mean, if you're looking for, like, the difference of the two, I would, I would just go on in head and say, like, okay, well, what, what is it that you want out of that relationship Out of that. Yeah, yeah you know that re- yeah yeah so um i'm gonna post it on the notes but uh, it's a book that i read it's a little old uh um orly old-fashioned so take it with a grain of salt yeah um but it's called clean love and courtship and i read it and it really did sort of uh uh 
make the basis for how I approached relationships after reading this book. Yeah. So cool. Okay, we are actually two minutes over that. Oh gosh. Yeah. All right. So this one gets three minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. We should. Still do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so the next one was, hey, like, let's. Can you guys speak about uh, spiritual warfare? Uh, yes, we can in yes. two minutes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Spiritual the, warfare. By the way, this is a question or sort of a recommendation of a, a topic by uh, our our friends over at uh, Dude Catholic, which is another Catholic podcast. So yeah. shout out to them. I think like that's a re- that's a really good question. I think that's a really good overall topic we could cover one day. Yeah. But um, I I think. To to say that we are not in a spiritual battle is a foolish thing and is a really good tactic from the enemy. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we I think every day is a spiritual warfare where you're you know ca- kind of fighting against you know the, the 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 flesh temptation all those kinds of things you know mm-hmm. um, where you're 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 trying to take on the armor of God and to you know equip yourself with the things that you need and that are necessary, you yeah. know, to, yeah. to fight off those temptations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, one thing that I've noticed that's been happening lately in uh, the parishes nearby is that at the end of mass, they are praying the uh, St. Michael. St. Michael, and yeah. that's happening a lot now, and it didn't in happen last year. a lot of year. places. And I was like, huh, I wonder, and if anybody, um, if you guys didn't know this, like the St. Michael prayer, I believe was a part of the mass uh, prior to Vatican II. As is prayer yes. at the end of mass, mm-hmm. and then after Vatican II, it kind of dis- not say disappeared, but it wasn't very common, and now mm-hmm. it's starting to come back. Yeah. So the Saint Michael prayer is uh, it's a prayer to Saint Michael, who um, tradition tells us it was the one who um, uh, uh, threw uh, Satan and and the angels who followed him out mm-hmm. of hell after their opposition. Or out of heaven, heaven sorry, and out of into, heaven, into hell, uh, it, it, after their opposition to, to God. Mm-hmm. And so the St. Michael prayer is a very powerful prayer to say. And mm-hmm. uh, Pope Leo Thirteenth actually yes. was the one in the 19th century who said that the prayer should be recited after low masses. Right. So since the 19th century, which means 1800s, mm-hmm. the church was saying the St. Michael prayer. Right. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of going back to what Nate was saying, though. Like the biggest trick of the devil is is I think trying to fool people that into he thinking exist. he doesn't exist, right. right? And so it is very foolish for us to to not acknowledge that there is a battle, mm-hmm. right? We're not called the church militant for nothing, right? Uh, and that there is an enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Saint Paul tells us that the enemy is like a roaring tire, tire. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> a roaring lion uh-huh. seeking for someone to devour. Yeah. And the difference between this lion and any other lion is mm-hmm. this lion doesn't sleep. Right. He is a spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this enemy doesn't rest and is is solely focused on hurting God. And the best way he knows to hurt God is to take those things that he loves away from him. Right. That's us. Yes. And if you need any more proof of the attacks of the devil or whatever, I mean, just look at what was at last Sunday's uh, readings Mm -hmm. where Satan tempts Jesus. Mm -hmm. And one thing that nobody talks about or realizes, which the, the priest made, you know, made a really good observation was that like... The the devil didn't just tempt him in that instant. He was in the desert for forty days, sure. and 
like if you look at how it's like how that's kind of played out like that temptation those temptations like are just said in a few lines no that was for the entire 40 days where he was being tempted in little ways because it says like yes he was tempted like this and this and this but there's sure. other ways that he was being tempted yeah. it basically says like in every way yeah and it's if you think of like in all of the ways that you're like you're you're tempted yeah imagine how he threw everything that he could at jesus yeah yeah and you know what's also funny about that particular passage which not a lot of uh, people realize is the devil was using scripture yeah right because that's the last part where he, he it, busts out scripture out exactly. of nowhere he, yeah. like so that just goes like it, the devil is pure intellect and mm-hmm. like just because and this is just an example just because someone is like spewing scripture at you mm-hmm. right doesn't mean it's good yeah, yeah, exactly. right? yeah and we've seen in our day like the, the what is it that that group that like um, messes with like funerals and stuff. Oh, that, that, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, use yeah, scripture. Yeah. They use it in a very, right? very twisted way. Um, yeah. People who say, you know, God is love, don't judge us, they're using scripture, uh-huh. right? So, like, um, uh, it just goes to show, it. and like, it isn't like, it isn't a new tactic, and it's actually a tactic that the devil uses often. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. In spiritual warfare, to, yeah. to and the difference here is. The devil will give you 99% truth mm-hmm. and 1% lie, mm-hmm. but that's like having a whole glass full of water right. and a drop of poison. Right, exactly. Right? And yeah. so do you still drink that water? No, you yeah. throw it out because it's all poison now. It, right. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a crazy thing. Um, you know, spiritual warfare has been around yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so speaking to this, like, uh, it, with regards to even our ministry, I know that... Um, uh, uh, before like youth group and mm-hmm. and and uh, retreats and things like that, we would do like deliverance prayers or Saint Michael. Yeah. Any time that we get in the car, we say a Saint Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. Uh, I know at EWTN, some of the things that they did. Any time that like some of their equipment stopped working, mm-hmm. uh, they would literally sprinkle holy water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes it would start working. Yeah. So uh, uh, making sure you know the sacramentals you have at your disposal and the biggest. We should. I should mention this. The biggest, uh, the biggest weapons you have in spiritual warfare are the sacraments, right? Yeah. In uh, talking with like different exorcists in this book that I was reading, he uh, and uh, this exorcist says the the best defense you have against um, against um, the spiritual is uh, not a not an exorcism, mm-hmm. but a good confession. Yeah. Right, because that's big S sacrament versus little S sacramental. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. anyways. All right. Cool. Okay. Nate, this was fun. Yeah, that was a lot. So, can you fly up to NorCal next week and we'll? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me um, let me try. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, so we'll be releasing this uh, maybe tomorrow, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, happy feast day of Saint Patrick. Yep. Not happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Feast Day of St. Yeah, Patrick's. And happy Feast Day of St. Joseph. And a couple days. Yep. Yeah. And thank you for listening to the Holy Smokes Podcast. That was so boring. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>